Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are live with an instant reaction podcast. Your boy, Pat Lane, as always, here with my guy, Matt St. Jean. And as always, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up today. And again, win something. The Patriots ain't winning. So you can win some money, potentially, as long as you don't bet on the Patriots. Um, so listen, Mark Schofield, who was on the Pat's pulpit feed for a long time and, and has done things kind of all over the place. Great guy. We love Mark. Uh, met on the Sco Show chat, chat channel. Me, me and Matt did. Um, he always did something on his Monday shows that I always loved where he started with a song and he mixed up the song every week depending on on whether it was a win or a loss. And so I decided we should start doing that here as well. So let's have some fun with it, and we'll go from there. Here's the song for today. I don't know if we're going to continue with this song, but it felt appropriate. It felt <laughs> appropriate for uh, for what we've been dealing with. Kill this team. Kill it with fire. Just absolutely yeah. kill this team. Holy crap, Matt. That was that was an embarrassment. An embarrassment today. Yeah, and it's, I mean, like Beck says, they're a loser. That's the way they're playing right now. And it's, it's just more of the same. And it's like, you can't even, it's not, I mean, it's, there's some effort questions, I think, on the defense. There's some of the tackling. But apart from that, it's not an effort thing. These guys are going out there and they're trying as hard as they can. And they are just not that good. You saw Juju step up for Kendrick Bourne and play the best game he's played in New England, only to torpedo it at the end. You see Connor McDermott come in wearing the wrong pants playing in relief of Trent Brown <laughs> and play admirably. And it just doesn't really end up mattering. And, you know, Duggar gets an interception in the end zone and it's like, all right, you're, you're doing the things an NFL team does, but you're only doing it against a team that's really, really bad and just sold. And you still can't even do it well enough to get a win. Like it's, this, it's the most they've looked like a normal NFL team this season, except for the Bills game, I think. And it's still yeah. like it took playing a team this bad to even look functional. Right. And it, you just, I mean, it was so, it was so bad. By the way, I, I think, I think they should just keep wearing the gray pants. I know they didn't look great last weekend against Miami, but the gray pants, the last let's, time they wore gray pants at home, they won. That's all I'm saying. Pat, let's just start with having everybody wearing the right pants and go That's from there. Point. It's a great point. For, the, for those who didn't notice, Connor McDermott, the left tackle, was wearing the, the pants of the old uniform they wore back in 2019, which they keep around as like the practice yeah. uniforms, like the old ones. Some equipment manager messed up and put the wrong one in his locker. And the fact that, the fact that nobody catches that, there's right. no attention to detail to notice that something's wrong about this when it's really pretty obvious that the pants look very different. Yeah, it says all you need to know about where this franchise is right now. I think just 
lacking in attention to detail, lacking in the ability to put the finishing touches on things, lacking in the ability to just make things look right at a baseline level. And yeah, that's uh, sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. He just can't, you can't have that from, from a team that was always about the details was always about doing the right thing and doing their job well. And, you know, they would sit around and wait for other people to screw up. That's what the Patriots did for years, for 20 years that they did. They just, even when they played a bad game, they just waited for the other team to screw up and then took advantage of it. And now teams are waiting for them to screw up and take advantage of it. And and it's bad. It's bad. I mean, this team stinks. This commander's team isn't good. But what they do have is a quarterback, and they have two wide receivers that can both make plays. I'll tell you, there was a play. The throw, it was to the uh, to the sideline. I believe it was. Uh, no, no, not, not that I believe. It was to Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christian Barmore was fighting through two guys, pushing the pocket back, right in Sam Howell's face. Third down, and Howell was pressured, and he, he's fallen back off his back foot, and he rifles one to McLaurin, who's being covered by John Jones. Had a decent coverage on him. Not unbelievable coverage, but good enough coverage. Well, obviously not good enough, but but good coverage on him. And McLaurin makes a diving catch, drags the back foot down, and and it was a beautiful throw by Sam Howell. And you just watch that play, and you and you just think like, there's number one, there's not not a wide receiver that can come close to making a play like that for the Patriots. And number two, there's not a quarterback on the team that can make a throw even close to the throw that he made. No, you know, and, and, and those two things sum up sum up where you are offensively as as a team. Yeah, and it's I don't know how much of the Minnesota game you caught, Pat. Have you seen all the Josh Dobbs stuff? I didn't see. I saw almost none of it, but I will say that I did see enough of it to to know that like Josh Dobbs. While we can talk crap about Josh Dobbs all we want, but like he looks like it looks like the Patriots should have traded for Josh Dobbs and put him in this offense. Well, I mean, he he came in having not taken a single rep in practice because they traded for him during the week. And uh, the the name of the starter there is escaping me at the moment. Allen, the guy I they think have. Jaron Allen or something like that. Some, uh, J- oh, Jaron Hall, I think. Jaron Hall, is. that's it, yeah. Yeah, and um, Dobbs had to come in in relief. Hasn't taken a single snap with any of these guys in practice or anything. Hasn't repped any of the plays. Took his first snaps from the center on the sideline while well, that, they were that warming up. Wild, yeah, yeah. That I saw. And he comes in and he leads Minnesota to a come from behind victory on the road, which is you know that's and he's making some throws. I'm like I don't think Josh Dobbs is a particularly good quarterback, but kind of that and some of the other things we've seen around the NFL. Like I think there's a lot of valid reasons for why the Patriots aren't playing well. But also, it's not all valid because teams overcome hard things. And this team, with the exception of that Bills game, has routinely put themselves in hard spots and then not overcome it. And this is the sixth sixth time in nine games they went down by double-digit points in the first half. You just you yeah. can't do that and expect to win. And you know, the offense is just totally, totally nothing in the second half. They're completely unable and unwilling to push the ball down the field except for select plays. And you're relying on guys who aren't very good to execute those plays. That's the quarterback and the receivers on both mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. I think I also think on this, Max' three best throws, I think, of the year have all been dropped 
two. Born past Devontae Parker won in Las Vegas, and now the Jalen Rager won uh, today against Washington. And yeah, yeah, you just can't win with that. And and I don't think Mac's a bad quarterback, but I certainly do not think he's a good quarterback. And I'm really starting right. to hesitate about if he's a starting quarterback for any team in the NFL. I don't even know if he is a guy teams are going to like as a bridge guy because his footwork's choppy. He made two throws today that ended drives. He almost threw a pick on a play, and Jalen Rager broke it up, which, hey, look at that. Jalen Rager knows how to force incompletions. He's been doing that his whole career, uh, able to force one there. And it's just not not good enough. When you try to live underneath on every single thing and string so many plays together, you have to be really good. And yeah. no no NFL player is going to be that good consistently, so you have to find ways to make other plays happen. And these guys just cannot do it. And if you can't do it against Washington and the state they're in, it's only going to happen from here on out if you're getting coverage busts that you're taking advantage of, right. or it's a trick play, or you know, extenuating circumstances. A guy gets hurt and you're able to pick on something. Although I don't know if the Patriots have players good enough to take advantage of defensive injuries right now. They can't right. be starters. They can't be backups. Maybe if there's a third string guy in there, they're going to be able to do it, but. Now, there's Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas are like the two good things in this offense, aside from the offensive line right now. And you only get one of them on the field. So, yeah, it's just it's so frustrating. And again, like it's not for lack of trying from the Patriots. That's that to me is is the worst part about this whole thing is that it's not for lack of trying. They've spent the money. They've spent the draft capital. They've made trades. They've tried their best to build an offense that is a competitive offense in the NFL. And they've failed over and over and over and over. And that's got to be the worst part. To me, that's that's the most alarming part for me is that people said, you know, Belichick ignores the offense. That's not the case at all. Belichick has spent a ton of draft capital and a ton of actual money on the offense to try to improve it. And none of it has worked. And part of it is talent evaluation. But, you know, you see Jonu Smith succeeding in Atlanta. You see Jacoby Myers thriving in Las Vegas. Now, Jacoby Myers is playing now, on a team. Aguilar is like a decent part of rotation for a good team right now. Like, we're, right. we're at the point where I miss Nelson Aguilar. <clears throat> yeah, which That's, is wild. It's wild yeah. to even think that that, would, that that would ever happen. But I do think, I, I will say about Nelson Aguilar, like, he's probably about the same as he was when he was here. Like, he's not. He's not a game-breaking player. He's just their fifth option. So, like, every now and but again, he's going to beat a guy and be open. You know what I mean? But, but with the the guys the Patriots have out there right now, I mean, he'd be he's in he would be in the three best receivers the Patriots could put on the field with the guys they have right now healthy. Right, right, and that's and so that you know I agree with you, but it's just you know so I think Italian evaluation is number one, but then number two is the scheme. And I always thought one of the one of the key things that Belichick always did so well was he found guys and he put them in positions where they could succeed. Mm-hmm. He didn't try to make a guy someone he wasn't. He didn't ask someone to do stuff that he couldn't do. And he specifically did that because that's what he felt would make his team the best. But then you look at some of the guys that are gone. John U. Smith is the, is the perfect example right now. John U. Smith is killing it in Atlanta. Killing it in Atlanta. Why is he killing in Atlanta? Because they're asking him to do exactly what he should be doing. He's not a real tight end. He's not. He's an athlete. So you throw him the ball on bubble screens and quick screens and ends around and all that crap. 
That's how you get him the ball. He had a 60-yard oh, yeah. touchdown pass today. And that 60-yard touchdown catch was on a quick screen where he broke one tackle and then ran by everyone else for a touchdown. And, like, those are the things that you should have had him doing. Instead, they were making him think a ton. They were having him, you know, be this route runner and stuff, which he couldn't do. And then he struggled with it, and he lost, you know, he lost his confidence, and he sucked. And, like, so, you know, I understand he paid him a ton of money, but you can't make him something he isn't, right? And so this comes back to Belichick, the GM, but then also Belichick, the coach. Yeah, and that's the whole scouting somebody from another team who's underutilized and finding a way to make them better is why the Patriots have been so good for so long, and it feels like it's going the other way right now, Mm -hmm. which I think has to do with the talent in the offense. It's easier to do that with a guy when it, you're signing Martellus Bennett and asking him to line up next to Gronk and just kind right. of do his thing. It's a lot harder when it's, you know, they're asking Johnny to do some of the things, but I, I don't, it, there's a lot of guys right now. I mean, Shaq Mason, Yelda Froholt, guys like that who are playing well around the league right now, um, which I think is tough. I did I did notice something, that that touchdown to Johnny. Did you watch that clip all the way to the end? Yeah, where he fell down at the end. You can, you can take John U. Smith out of New England, but you can't take the New England out of John U. Smith. Oh, it's so good. But a nice little tribute to his time in New England. Because I mean, that's the thing. When they did get him the ball in space, I mean, the, the two plays you think of with John U are the, you know, the pick six against the Saints where you're just giving it to him on the flat and letting him make a play. He turns it into a pick six. And the end around, you give him against the Jets where he tries to switch hands with the ball and just puts it on the turf for no reason. So... I, I maybe I, I don't know what went into those and why that's not happening now in Atlanta. Maybe we need a sports psychologist or yeah, I don't know. I do, do think need that a, that's part of it. Do we need to get like black magic involved here? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm willing to go down any avenue, but yeah. um, now it's frustrating to have guys like that be successful elsewhere and kind of kind of knew he was going to be successful in Atlanta too. Right. That right. that felt like it was going to be the case, and it's yeah. like all right, well. Um, yeah, but we, we were talking before this about like putting guys in the right position. And I was, Pat, I was telling you the stat right before the show, because we've talked about the Juju Smith Schuster stuff yeah, and what that, what happened with that addition, uh, next gen stats has a stat they calculate, which is just yards after catch above or below expectation based on where you're getting the ball and all the fancy data they collect last year, Juju Smith Schuster was the sixth best receiver in the NFL at creating yards after the catch. Right now, he is dead last. Yeah. That's how hard of a fall he's had. And I feel like that kind of sums up where New England is. You're banking on a guy like that to be what he was, and he just completely falls off and becomes the worst version of himself for your team. Yeah. I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know if it's both. I don't know if it's something else that's going on, but... You have a guy drop off like that when you're banking on him being a good player, and it's going to be hard. You're going to have a hard time. 100%. And, and you know, Jacoby Myers, listen, love Jacoby Myers. I wish they had kept him. I was wrong about the Juju thing. I thought Juju would give them a little bit, you know, of juice after the catch, a little bit more than they got from Jacoby. Um, I was wrong. Everyone was wrong. The Patriots clearly were wrong. Right. And so it, it's just, it's one of those situations where that's true. It's true they were wrong, but I, I just – I don't know. It's That's the hard thing is that, like, you don't think that he could have possibly been that bad. I also will say, as good as Jacoby Myers is, as bad as his offense is, it just doesn't matter. 
right? It just doesn't, it doesn't make a difference, right? Like yeah. Jacoby Myers isn't making this team, you know, a four or five win team. It's just not, it's, that's just not the case. It's the culmination of a lot of these little moves over time that haven't worked. And I, I think to an extent you saw it today. I mean, they're, you're banking on Juju, who they signed to be a big part of this, and Taquan Thornton, who they drafted in a second. Those were supposed to be the two guys that gave this team, this offense more juice than it had in 2021. Uh, Long term, that's what you're projecting. And man, Juju, for, for all the good plays he made, and he made that nice fourth down catch, yep. was mediocre at best today and costs you the game with his interception, which credit to him for owning it. He seems like a great guy. I got no issues with him as a person and a teammate. He's just not that right. good right now. Yeah. And Taquan Thornton is just, I mean, he, get, he gets open for his one big play. Mac misses him. And outside of that, he is a nothing out there. He cannot separate at all. And maybe it's the foot injury he got, but at some point you are what you are. He's good. He's been unable to separate his whole career. And, he had Emmanuel Forbes covering him. That's that's the the thin guy at corner. If mm-hmm. Tyquan Thornton can't be the guy like that, if Emmanuel Forbes is too physical for Tyquan Thornton, which it looked like at times today, I mean that's it. That you put a wrap on that one, and um, I mean, that we can break it from That is my guy, Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, it is no, but it's like that. <laughs> But if he's but if he's being if he's too physical for you, Emmanuel Forbes, I, I like to. I, I know, yeah. But yeah, he's not a physical guy. If he's too physical for you, you're not going to make it in the league. And right. that's and you know we can and a lot has been made about the Kayshawn Booty inactive thing, and we can get into it. But like, I don't think he's going to be better than Thornton. He'll be different. I don't think he's going to be better. And right, this is what we're looking at. If you if contracts weren't an issue, I think you're only bringing back two guys maybe from this receiver group and that's booty uh, not booty born and pop the rest of them you're throwing it out and starting fresh because it's yeah. just, they don't have it well and that's the thing i mean at this point you watch Tyquan thornton the the clip the clip of him running that out route that took nine million years when he took like 15 chop steps and then cut out to the outside and he created zero separation and for a guy that's that fast for a guy that's that fast I don't know how it's possible that he can't create separation. It's it's insane to me. He he's can run good. like a crossing route, and he can't get open. He's like well, he's, he runs a four two. It's crazy. He's fast, but he's not quick right. at right. all. And that's and, and that's that's part of the problem is that you know you draft a guy like that that he just uh, he doesn't have any of it. He doesn't have any of it. You know, and like no, and and everybody in the NFL is fast. If you're worried about a deep shot from Tyquan Thornton, you line up somebody ten ten yards off, and you just let him run with them. And he's not he's not going to run by you. He's right. not that fast. And if he tries to break it off and turn it into a comeback or whatever, you get what we saw today. He just it's not there. Yeah. And I like Tyquan Thornton, but that's it. And there's a comment about uh, in the chat about saying that they should have unloaded him. Dude's got no trade value. Right. I mean, that's the issue no too. Nope. The, the the guy who was I mean it's Uche I think was the guy they who has the most value who they were seriously considering trading and you're looking at a fifth round pick for him we're talking not just day three but deep into day three for these guys that's you're not none of these guys are getting you trade value so you're just kind of scrapping it and and restarting that's it's it, I think basically everything on offense, except for a couple offensive linemen. I think City So looks good. I think yep. Ramondre looks good today. I think they figured out enough on the offensive line. I feel a little bit better about Clem now than I did a month yes. ago. 
I agree. And and they finally got guys in like they have they figured out a, out a backup guard that's good in so and they yeah. finally have a backup tackle that's good in McDermott and those two have done wonders for them. And for sure. Good. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I think I think at this point at, at this point on Winter needs to stay at right tackle the rest of the season. So needs to stay yeah. at right guard the rest of the season. And now you have a swing tackle in Connor McDermott that you can actually rely on. He thought he looked pretty good today. Now again, again, Washington just traded away their two best defensive linemen. They still have Jonathan Allen. They still have they still have good players on the on the inside. Yeah. But they just traded away Montez Sweat, who got a ridiculously huge contract, and Chase Young, who's going to get a big contract over the offseason. So fine, right? But like the fact is, is that he stepped in and played pretty well. Now they had one really nice run. City Star had a great block on that. David Anders had a great block on that. Um, Cole Strange did a nice job of getting to the to the. Linebacker and Jalen Rager did a great job downfield blocking. That's awesome. Outside of that run, okay. Outside of that, I'm working on my article, um, and I wrote this down. Outside of that run, they had 43 rushing yards on 17 carries. When you take that run away, so that's about 2.5 yards a carry. Can't happen. Can't happen. Yeah. You you need to be able to run the ball, and so that comes from the offensive line. It also comes from some of the play calling. It comes from it comes from the fact that you can't throw the ball. There's no threat of the throw. And Mac Jones isn't willing to push the ball downfield. So you don't need to have two deep safeties. You can have one deep you can have one deep safety. So well, I and just, the way um, things are yeah. right now, you can play with two deep safeties and take away the run for True. the most part at yep. the same time against this team. And when that's how it is, you're not you're just gonna have a tough time every single week because it's gonna be hard to throw deep. And you're not going to be able to pick up the the kind of easy yards. You're not going to be able to have the three yard gains in there to stay at the chains and make life easier. So you're going to be in a lot of second and tens and the third and eights and things, which we right. saw. And they're not good enough to pick those up consistently. Every once in a while, they'll get something, but they're just not there. And it's it's funny because I don't I don't think that there's a lot of truly bad players on this team in the receiving court, probably especially now the guys are hurt. There's just a lot of guys who are like average or slightly below average. And it's a tough right. spot because I think there's a lot of players on this team, especially on this offense, you could win with. But they have to be there as role players. Um, especially look at the offensive line. And this is, I think, the best we felt about it all season. And you mentioned the rushing yards. They're not, it's not like a good offensive line right now. It just went from one of the worst in the NFL to like top 20 now and it's like all right that's that's fine but if the goal is to win super bowls you would need to upgrade that yep. at some point yeah. you need to get better than that so um yeah lots of lots of places where you really want to upgrade and that'll make the draft interesting because there's a lot of spots you want to upgrade at and there's a lot of talent there Tons and i'm spots. curious to see which directions they want to go with it yeah yeah it's really um it's not good it's really bad. It's really bad kind of across the board, um, you know, and so I just, you know, it's it's difficult for the Patriots. And right now, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. I don't know who the guy is that steps in. I don't know how they can fix anything. I just I don't know. I, I, I just you, know, you don't have the quarterback, which obviously is frustrating, but you don't. It's just it's it's tough, man. They're, they're, they're not good a, and they're, they're really boring. <laughs> well, that's and that's really. You know, that's the situation for me that, like, 
I look at it and just think like we, I don't know, man, you know, we, we look at it and just say like, okay, it's not, none of it's good enough and they're bad. Yeah. But like you said, they're bad and they're boring. Like at least, at least like, you know, Sam Howell is a perfect example. Sam Howell's not that great. He's okay. He's not, he's not, a, he's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but he's fun to watch at least. He's yeah, fun to he watch. leaves it all out there, and he's right? aggressive. Like, and he's a baller. He extends the play. He throws on the run nicely. Yeah. Like he has a strong arm. Like he makes some plays. Patriots and aren't Ter- enjoyable to watch. No, Terry McLaurin too. He had a mostly quiet day, and even in the few plays where he did stand out, he was clearly the best offensive player on either side of the ball. Yes, hundred percent. It's like that. You know that it was notable. Which yeah, was not having a guy like that. So it's. You look ahead to this draft, too. I don't think the Patriots are going to be in range for quarterback based on the schedule. We'll see. I think they're going to be slightly outside of it. Just looking ahead at the schedule for the Patriots. Play the Colts next week, which we'll probably talk about that game on Wednesday. But yeah, I I think the Colts are just a better team than the Patriots are right now. And I think that's going to be tough. Which but you get the Giants. You're going to get a Giants team with Tommy DeVito. That's who they're going to be facing quarterback. And that's winnable. Yep. Get a game against the Chargers in there, which may be winnable. Uh, depends on what's going on with the Chargers. The Chargers are a lot more talented, but also very poorly coached. And I don't really ever know what's going on with them. They're the kind of team you can always count on and have a bad game. Pittsburgh looks significantly better than New England at this point. Denver, I think, is probably the same tier, and that's on the road. And either team could win. It wouldn't really shock me. And then there's that that Jets game at home. And... That that Jets game at home is like that feels like all right. We're gonna send Bill Belichick out. We're gonna give him one last win, and it's gonna be against his most hated rival. And we can we're gonna all end this on a happy note. And they'll probably pick up two wins the rest of the way and beat two New York teams. And they'll finish with four wins, and they'll have the fourth draft pick. And you're gonna miss out on both quarterbacks and Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably if that's the case, unless you trade up, and that's not worth it. Right. Right. So that's, you know, and by the way, it sounds silly for you to say, to talk bad about the Chargers. They're three and four. They stink. They're not good. You know what I mean? So that's, that's that's what's funny about it, you know? And that's one of those games too, where if the Patriots do win, that's a like, like that's the game where Brandon Staley gets fired. If the Patriots win that. Correct. He should already be fired. Which is that, which, but that's, if we're, if we're looking for, for pieces of optimism, just to enjoy our Sundays going forward, I think that Giants game is very winnable. Uh, I think and next week against Indy with the morning game is an event that should be at least kind of fun to get yourself up for in the morning. If you want to have a morning football game and yeah, yeah. we'll see if they stay in the primetime games, but that, that chargers game is one where I think you can spoil another team's day. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them get up for that, especially because it's a throwback. And game. they just, and they just suck. They just suck. I mean, they just, they really do stink. So it's a problem is so do we. <laughs> right. So I, that's true. But by the way, AJ is 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 in his feelings about Robert Kraft not spending money. And that's okay. I will tell you that Robert Kraft has never spent money. They've always been towards the bottom of the league in cash spending. Always. Every year, all the time. They've done it consistently forever. They have. Like it's just fact, not opinion. It's just a fact. Right? So I wonder if that cash spending has also includes the Matt Judon. How mad you don't got money, but nevertheless, it doesn't yeah. matter, right? Like it's it just it doesn't make a difference. Like I know you can sit there and say whatever you want, right? About how this and this and that, like that's fine, 
But like, you know, the fact of the matter is that they have they have signed guys to big contracts. They have done that. That is factual, right? They've gotten guaranteed yeah. money. Those that guaranteed money is real. That's not yeah. fake guaranteed money. That's real guaranteed money. Yeah, and I just I want to reiterate this: the the whole cash spending versus cap spending thing. Your cash spending comes from usually giving out big bonuses on contracts. So that's when you're trying to structure deals in such a way to get around the salary cap usually, or you're extending your own players and giving them a hefty bonus. A a big reason why that cash spending number is low is because Patriots had a bunch of dead cap in 2020. The first year after Brady is leftovers from the end of the Brady era, like Antonio Brown and and Brady was in there and maybe Gronk too. I don't know. He got traded. So I don't think there was anything of his in there. Um, we had a lot of just leftover money. So they were up against it and they weren't contending and they weren't going to try to roll money over. So there was no cash spending that year. They're not adding anything crazy on 2021. They went crazy with it in the off season, adding a bunch of guys. And then because of that in 2022, they also couldn't spend more because they were right up against it. So it's not that they aren't trying. It's just cash spending usually comes situationally. It's when you're trying to push the edge or when you're re-signing a lot of guys all at once. That's why they've been low. They're going to go back up next year because they're going to go into free agency with a ton of money. And presumably, hopefully, they're re-signing some of the players that are on this team. Guys like Awenu and Ducker and maybe Uche, the kinds of guys who are going to get signing bonuses, especially a guy like a Kyle Duggar. He's the kind of guy who might get a big signing bonus on his contract and then not a lot of salary next year. And they're going to use that to give him a small cap hit next year and spend right. extra in free agency. They're going to spend, they have a ton of money to spend in free agency this year. We're going to see what the caliber of players are out there and what the goals are of this team. If they don't spend this year, it's going to be because they're doing another reset year, probably bringing in a new administration. And this is going to be a multi-year thing. Um, right. But yeah. So, I mean, look, we can, we can talk about, we can talk about it. They haven't been over 29th in years, so on and so forth. Yep. They did the same thing. First of all, they did the same thing with Tom Brady and they won Super Bowl. So like, I, I don't know what we're talking about, but they spent more guaranteed money in one offseason than any team in the history of the NFL. They spent more guaranteed money in free agency in 2021 than any team in the history of the NFL. That's not that's not an opinion. That's not me trying to skew the number. No, no, no. That's, that's what happened. That's what happened. So, like, yes, they didn't have a lot of talent on their team, so they had to fill it out with, with guys like that. It's the way it goes. But, like, they have spent in free agency. They have signed guys. Yeah. They have done things. They have, you know what yeah. I mean? Like that. And, it's, and, and look, they've I, been, I, they're up against the cap every single year. Right. And so they move money around and they say, oh, this guy's not getting paid this and this guy's not getting paid. The guy's are getting paid. Like that's just, it is what it is. Right. And so whatever. I'm not having the discussion. It is what it is. I will say. Yeah. No, they, they do spend on players. That's just a fact. I will say <laughs> uh, the Patriots are fast, fast approaching. Red Sox territory, <laughs> where the Red Sox used to say, "Oh, well, you know, we sold out. Uh, we sold out this game. Look at this, this game is sold out." And meanwhile, like half the stadium is empty. Today, the stadium was dead. I mean, dead yeah. until the last like five minutes of the game. No energy, no noise, no nothing. It was brutal. It was really bad. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's rough, dude. It's, it's, it was really bad. It was really, really bad. 
Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, but that it was, it was rough today. Uh, the 300s were were like half empty. And so, and you know, look, every state, every seat in the stadium was a season ticket. So technically all the seats have been paid for and bought before the season starts. Um, people just aren't going. It's, you know, people aren't going to the game. And it's, I mean, you look at where this team stands in Boston right now, the Celtics are one of the top three teams in the NBA period. Like they are a title contender, if not favorite at this point, I don't know exactly where the odds are. Yep. The Bruins are off to a crazy hot start and look to be as good as, I mean, a better start than they had last year when they broke the points record. And the Red Sox for as bad as they just were, are going to get a nice media cycle coming up here because they got the new GM and they're going to start signing guys and working. And I'm sure they're going to throw some money around in this free agency. Um, so we're fast approaching a couple months here where the Patriots are going to be dead last in media attention in Boston. That's a very unfamiliar place for this ownership. They haven't been right. there since 2000 or yeah, the early throws the 2001 season. Um, so it'll be, I'm curious to see how they handle that. And yeah. we're going to learn about the crafts a lot as an ownership group here too, what they value. Cause they've been very good at hiring coaches, but now it's going to be a little bit more Jonathan Kraft now, and we'll see the way they want to go forward with it. We'll learn about what their incentives are and um, how they want to handle the media side of things, which I think we've learned a little bit about the last couple of years with the way they've leaked stuff too. And if this is if this is how it goes to the rest of the way, it is going to be new people uh, leading the football ops next year. I don't know exactly what way it's going to be, but if this is a five-win, four-win, three-win football team, it's going to be a change in leadership. There's just no way it isn't. For sure. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah. And maybe they trade Belichick somewhere. Maybe they get something for him. But I, I just – I can't – I can't imagine he's back next year. And I think that there are things that – there are things where you watch the rest of the NFL and you watch the Patriots and you just feel like something has to change. Right? Something has to change. And and I swear to God, if you call him Bill Belichick, I will block you. I will flat out block you. I, I will do it. I'll do it. Because I'm just we're not we're not going through that again. We're not doing it. I had a conversation <laughs> with someone this weekend about yeah. it. Like I'm just I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing yeah. it. Okay. So we're we're just we're not doing that. So easy. We're just we're not doing it. So um all right, let's let's get into let's get into a break. Um, because we have an ad and then we're gonna come back. We'll just I mean we're we're kind of wrapping up, but we're gonna get we're gonna get into an ad um and then we'll kind of go from there. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Ages 21 and up in present Massachusetts, Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right. So, look, I think at this point, and I know, you know, we've, we're talking about tanking. We're talking about, you know, maybe not 
look, we're not, we're bad. We're bad. Right? The Patriots are bad. Right? I think that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. They're not a good not team. Not up for debate. Yeah. They're a bad team. And so, you know, like this is the situation that we're in right now. But, you know, I don't know if I, I think there's not, to me, there's not a lot of positives to just losing every game. No, I don't. There, and, there's and, no. And there like, aren't. There aren't for team building either because you right. want to keep a culture established. And also, you know, if you lose a lot of games, it means your players are really bad, and you need to replace a lot of them. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is that the players? The players aren't very good right now, and no. it comes back to the drafting has been bad. Um. You know, the drafting has been bad. And and that's just unfortunately that's just the way it is. And they've they've gotten some guys right. John Jones is a guy who was an undrafted free agent. He's turned out to be a pretty good player, right? I you know I think I think you see now that Cole Strange can play. Is yeah. he good enough to be to have been a first round pick? Probably not, but he's been pretty good. Good enough, I think that he's that we can see that he's should be an everyday starter at left guard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, so there are some guys. I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be a hit. Keon White, who just plays so mean and nasty. I mean, just plays so mean and nasty. I just, I still have some questions with Keon White just because, you know, today is one of those days where you really were hoping he'd step up. And the pass rush, uh, Sam Howell's on track to be sacked more than any QB in NFL history this year. And the pass rush was not good today. And that worries me because... We thought we had more than just Matt Judon as good pass rushers. And Anthony Jennings is a good run defender. He's not it as a pass rusher. Dietrich Wise has been underwhelming there. Barmore right. is good, but he's just one guy. And Uche was like, fine, but he can't be on the field that much because he's bad against the run. And Keon White, I honestly barely noticed him out there during the game. And since week one, I feel like I've really yeah. not noticed him out there he too makes, much outside yeah. of one or two plays a game where he'll look really good. And it's like, all right, I mean, getting a pass rush is an important part of winning championships. And it's also a very expensive thing to build typically. And yeah. if this is where we are with ours, all right, well, if you need a quarterback, that's usually expensive first round in the draft type of thing. Wide receivers are first or second round in the draft. Offensive tackles are first round in the draft. Pass rushers are first or second round in the draft. You only got so many draft picks. Right. Well, and that's unfortunately, right? That's where you're at. And I don't know. Man, Josh Uche had such a bad play on that, on that Brian Robbins touchdown. It's just like ducked inside yeah. instead of staying outside. It's just a it was just a bad play. Yeah. I don't know if I'm signing Josh Uche to a big contract, but like you don't really have a ton behind him. I like White, but he hasn't he just hasn't been able to to sustain anything consistently. You're right about that. Um and you haven't really gotten anything. It, Anthony Jennings is not a pass rusher. That's he's just that's not who he is. Right? He's I think a he's been good player, against run the run. He's a good role player, but he's not. You know, he's not. Yeah, the guy probably won out there a third of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it is yeah. it is what it is. So. Yeah, and I see somebody somebody asked the question too, and we haven't talked about this at all yet. The corner rotation today, uh, with Sean Wade being out there to start over Jack Jones and Jay Z Jackson. I'll tell you this much. I wasn't focusing too much on the corner rotation while actually watching the game. 
And I couldn't tell you most of the time which of those three guys it was out there. I did not right. notice a difference in quality of play between those three. No. And I think we knew J.C. Jackson was a little bit washed at this point with his injury history. But, man, Jack Jones right now, with the tweet that he liked, which I think most of us have seen at this point, about saying that he should have pleaded no. guilty. Yeah. And, um, and he went on a little Twitter rant about people getting upset about that. And his play out there. And I think I even the the Titans preseason game was the one where I started to have some question marks too, because he played well into the game and had some bad plays in it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, here he is, and it's middle of the second year, and I know he's been hurt, but you're counting on him to probably be a starter at this point. And he looks like he is just kind of fine as a rotational player. I don't think he's bad. I think he can be fine apart aside like a Christian Gonzalez is your corner too, but I also don't think he's a shutdown guy. And if he has right. off field issues and buying concerns, if there's any mm-hmm. locker room stuff there, and especially if there's a new administration coming in here, if you've got a new administration coming in that didn't draft Jack Jones, and he's not, he's not staying around. They're not going to deal with the off field stuff. They can just trade him. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I just, you know, it's, I thought he played pretty well. Um, last week, not this week. So he like had I, blown coverage know. on the the most right. important play last week. Very it's true. Like all right. Very true. So, but anyways, listen, it, it's getting a little testy in the chat. Can we just? I understand people are upset. Just let let's be respectful, please. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Let's just kind of yeah. let's tone it down. <laughs> you guys are making like, Pat we, go into his teacher voice now. Nah, that's what I'm saying, dude. We don't we don't <laughs> need to. Let's just keep it respectful, please. Okay. <laughs> to each other. All right. Let's just you know. I don't want to use my teacher voice. I will. All right, but I don't want to. Um, so, but no, you know, it's frustrating. And I, and here's what I will say. The issue that I have, like, first of all, oh my God, dude, freaking Mac Wilson. I swear to God, dude, if I see, I, I just, I can't, I can't with Mac Wilson. I cannot goes off sides, which cost the Patriots time and timeouts at the end of the game. Awful. It's awful. Um, he stinks. He's not good. He's not a good player. He's not a good linebacker. Like, Mapu should be playing linebacker. He should not be playing safety. He should be playing linebacker. That's where Mate Mapu should be playing, and he's not. Instead, he's playing line, He's playing safety, and I hate it. 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 And so, like, I just, just put him at freaking linebacker and don't ever play Mac Wilson ever again. Like, don't do it. Why are we doing it? You know, and it's just, just... it's so frustrating. And Mac Wilson just had what was probably his best game in New England, but he's he's just a role player, and there's a reason you only gave up Chase Winovich to get him to. Right, by the way, right. Um, and he's he's a guy, he's an NFL player, but I I don't know if Mac Wilson's ever going to play a significant role in a championship winning defense, and I don't think I was shocked that they brought him back for this year. Honestly, yeah. My only concern. Mac Wilson has a little bit more juice than Mapu has, um, but especially in the box, I think is my concern, which is funny because Mapu was a guy who threw around his body yeah. at the senior bowl, and I don't think we've seen that from him here in the NFL. Um, but have, yeah, we, have, we, have we had a chance to see that from him, though? They've put him in the box the last couple of weeks at points. They're, they're mixing him up between in the box and deep safety, and when he's in the box, he's there, and he's appropriately physical, but he's not... The, quite that guy you saw at the senior bowl, which I'm guessing is him still getting his legs under him. Linebacker right. is 
both linebacker and safety are spots where you don't usually see guys have it click their first year. It usually takes another year just because of the complexity of the position. So yeah. I'm not shocked by this, but I think that's why you're, you're seeing Mac Wilson play because when he makes good plays, his good plays are much better. And despite, you know, making a lot of mental mistakes, rookies make mental mistakes too. I, I still think you play with the younger guys, especially at this point in the season. But, um, yeah, and then, you know that's the special teams penalties. It's funny because you look up where the Patriots are in like penalty ranks, and by yardage they're like middle of the pack in the NFL. But you would never know that by watching the games because every penalty feels like it comes at the worst possible time. Which probably also has a lot to do with the fact that this team can't yeah. repeatedly make big plays. So if one gets taken away, you're screwed because you know another one isn't coming. <laughs> well, and it's just and and the frustrating part for me is like. The, the officials have been so bad this year. I mean, just atrociously bad. And, of course, the Patriots finally got, finally got a call, like a ridiculously bad call, go their way today with that horrendous, just horrendous uh, roughing the passer call that they had so on what I think probably would have eventually been deemed an incompletion by Mac Jones, but was a fumble, and, and they recovered. Didn't matter. Uh, but, oh, my God. Um, that was so bad. But, like... They called a face mask on the on the punt return. I have no idea. I didn't see a replay, so I don't the know one if that they, it was a face they, mask. They highlighted on the broadcast, and they were like, here, look look at this guy and watch what happens. And they showed the play, and he didn't touch a single player. And they all – you could hear the announcers being like, uh, okay, and they just kind of went along. Right. So, so I don't – and they could, they could have just said the wrong number. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, it's one of those things for me that, like, all right, that was bad, right? No. But – then right after that, right after that, to have Pop Douglas catches a pass and is running for he has the first down already and he's running by uh, and Jamin Jamin Davis or Jamin Davis or however the hell you say his name jumps and grabs him by the face mask and pulls his yeah. whole body around and like no stops him from running and they don't call it. I'm like the ref is right there. There's nobody. It's not like they're in a pile. He's by himself out there, and they yeah. miss the call. Like, how in the world do you miss that call? And like and some of the other calls, like the holding on um, on Schooler at the end of the game, so or the dude to die. I wanted, I'm like, I wanted what to, are we talking about, man? I wanted to talk about that one because I actually thought there was a good example of you know the Patriots getting out coached on a play. That's something. Schooler has like this slingshot move that he uses all over his tape where if he's next to a guy while they're running down the field for punt coverage, he'll grab the guy and pull him back and like pull himself around the guy. So like slingshot off of him and stop his momentum, which is absolutely holding, but the rest are never looking for that. And it was pretty obvious to me based on the way it happened. The Washington picked up on that on tape. Schooler did this last week of the Miami game very blatantly and didn't get flagged for it. It's obvious that somebody in Washington saw that and showed it to the players and said, hey, if he does this to you, throw your arms up and make it look as obvious as possible. And then they probably sent in a little tape to the refs and said, hey, this guy has been doing this. Just keep an eye out. And he did it, and he got caught on it. And yeah. that's – Well, I'll tell you what. That was, an, that was a – Marcus Smart would be incredibly proud of that flop <laughs> because, my God, that dude went flying like he got shot in the face by a gun – and then he just like and he barely got touched. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, yes, I get it, but like my goodness, some of the some of the calls and then some of the missed calls where you're just like, how do you miss 
how do you miss an easy call like that? The, the face mask comes back to me, but like there's so many other ones where it's just like, what are you doing? What, what is going on? You know, and so like, and so that stuff. It is interesting though that they pick up on something like that, right? That they that they pick up on a slingshot move like that by him. So you're right. right. And, I, and I love, it's, it's a great little move as long as it doesn't get caught. He just, right. you know, got caught and Washington made sure that he wasn't going to yeah. get away with it, especially right. at a key point in the game. And, yeah, you know, that's the, the, those are like the little things that I feel like we always watch the Belichick Patriots get right. They'd be on the right side of that, of seeing those things. And yeah. they're just not on the right side of it anymore. And I think part of it is the players aren't that good. So it's hard, like the players themselves aren't, spotting the things or making the plays and yeah. other teams are getting good too. There's a lot of well-coached teams out there. Uh, even though like, I don't think Washington's like that good of a team or that well-coached of a team, but they're also not like poorly coached. This isn't like, you know, when the Patriots played the urban Meyer Jaguars two years ago, they're not, they're not that level. Um, right. Well, and it's just, and- it, it's, they don't have the advantage that they used to have for whatever reason. They don't have the advantage they used to have, and it could be Bill Belichick, and it could be the other coaches, and it could, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't, I don't know. You know, it, yeah. it makes it it makes it really difficult. Um, but you know, it's uh, it is what it is. Someone asked about um, Bill getting fired. There's no, there's no, there's no shot that he gets fired. There's just no chance. Um, I, and, and by the way, I, no. And I don't think like what's what's really difficult for me is that you know the the. The conversation is that Bill sucks without Tom Brady. And it's really not it's not a fair conversation, I don't think. Um, because he's at this point in his career where they're where they're asking they're asking him to start over again. And I think the biggest I think really the biggest issue is that they never had a succession plan for Tom Brady. Like I think that that's that's frustrating. Well and, and like, not, they never I had think a succession plan for Tom Brady. Well, not just Tom Brady. You don't have a succession plan for Gronk. You're, right. You don't have a succession plan really for Edelman, although I guess you could kind of consider that Nikhil Harry because they thought he was a slot player. Um, or, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know what they thought Nikhil right. Harry was, but they had, they had a lot of offensive guys where they either didn't have a succession plan or whatever plan they had failed. And right. Well, and I think they, the hardest thing with the, to tell about this Bill thing and, and evaluating him is that winning in the NFL is hard and replacing elite players is hard. And it's with this small of a sample size, it's impossible to tell if he has lost it or if he just got unlucky at a lot of spots all at the same time. But I think the issue is that he's 71 years old and do you even have, can you afford to give him another set to say, Hey, okay, all right, we're going to let you try to replace these guys again. Or is he going to be too old by the end of that shot? (laughs) Right. And that's my point is that, you know, you you have to look at you have to look at what he's done in his career. I mean, you know, we've mentioned it before, but his game plan against the Giants, uh, against the Bills in the Super Bowl is in the Hall of Fame because he was that yeah. it, the, the game plan was that good against the uh, Giants, uh, against the Bills offense that looked unbeatable. Mm-hmm. The 0-1 team. That was not Tom Brady, by the way, hey, Tom Brady did, you know. Tom Brady did did a great final, job on the final drive. He, he lined up the final puzzle piece and Vinatieri put it in. He did a really nice job. They scored three offense touchdowns, three in three playoff games. So don't tell me one Tom of them Brady. was and one of them was Bledsoe. That's correct. So yeah. so like it's one of those things where I look at it and just say like, all right, fine, yep, sure, but like 
we had a lot of these situations. Bill Belichick had a completely overhauled the team in 2001. Signed a ton of guys, including Mike Vrabel, including Mike Compton, including all of these different guys. So, like, so I think when you look at, especially the first three years, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady yet. Those first three years, they won three Super Bowls. Now, they had Tom Brady as a quarterback, and Tom Brady was fantastic at the end of games. That's definitely true. It's undeniable. But the fact is, is that Bill Belichick was an incredible coach for those three Super Bowls, and that's why we won those three Super Bowls. The Rams game, which was the last Super Bowl, they won 13 to 3. 13 to 3. Tom Brady didn't do anything in that game. Made a nice play. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, that's, look. There, there are a lot of situations where we could sit there and say, hey, there's this and there's this and there's this, whatever, right? And and one of the decisions I'll go back to that I think is arguably the most important is that he stuck with Tom Brady. He could have gone back to Drew Bledsoe, who's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, and he didn't because the team was playing well. And so, you know, and so there's all these different things. So, like, now we get to a situation where you had a succession plan for Tom Brady. It was Jimmy G. You have to trade him away because you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice, but you have to trade him away because you have Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is too yeah. good right now for you to trade Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what anyone says. Right it wasn't Kraft sitting there saying, I know you want to keep Jimmy G over Tom Brady, but you have to trade. Like, No, that was not the situation. It was Tom Brady's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We can't trade him. We can't do that. It was, it was 100% the right move, too, especially when you right. look at what Jimmy G has turned into. And he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a good one. He's in right. that. Right. You can play him for a couple of games, but he's not a starter. And so, you know, fine, right? But I think the problem is, is that I don't know, and it's hard to know. It's hard to know for sure. But I don't know if – I don't know if Bill Belichick has, at, at this age – and at the way the offense is, the way that offensive football has changed so much, I don't know if he's now up with the times anymore. I don't know if the game yeah. has now passed him by, and that has coincided with him losing Tom Brady, right? You can't win without great players, obviously. But you lose Tom Brady, and you lose Julian Edelman, and you lose Rob Gronkowski, and you lose all of those guys at once. And it's like, well, yeah, you didn't have a succession plan, and, that, and that's bad, right? But, like, again it becomes this situation where it's like, you know, we, we don't, we don't want this to happen. We don't want this to happen, but here we are and we're trying to rebuild on the fly. Yeah. Right. And so, and that becomes an issue. And look, you want to blame Bill Belichick for not paying, um, you know, for not giving Brady the contract he wanted. He wanted the Drew Brees contract and they wouldn't give it to him. Brady, uh, Belichick want to go to year to year instead of giving him a two year deal. And that pissed Brady off. And so he left. Right, and so if you want to blame Belichick for that and say that that's why they're in the situation, that's fair. I'm just saying that it coincides. It coincides with, um, you know, Brady leaving, and I think that's not fair to Belichick completely to diminish his career because now they're not good. It's, it's a, this whole thing is a team sport, and. You know, you're not doing it without all the players and all the coaches that have come through that building. And Belichick would be the first one to say that. And right. His strength this whole time has been in his ability to assemble a team around him. And, you know, he's done that for a long time. And now it's not as good. And yeah. this is probably the point where you move on. And, but I, I think the ideal way that this goes for the Patriots the rest of the way is Patriots get a win uh, at the Giants. And Bill gets another win in New Jersey against his former team there. 
And then when the Jets come to town week 18, you stomp them. And you end it all with a, with a nice big victory against the team Bill Belichick hates more than anything else. Yep. And you part ways and he walks off into the sunset. And it was a bad season, which and usually when good coaches go, good, good coaches don't usually go at their peak. Good coaches usually retire because they're not good anymore. And right. they've gotten old. And But he goes with his last, last game being a win over his hated rival at Gillette. We can all send him off into the sunset, remember the glory days, and you move on to the next guy in the next administration, whatever you want to do. And I think there's a number of ways you can go. Um, oh, it'll be so. Name that, if you're hiring outside the building, the name that keeps coming to mind to me is Ben Johnson with the Lions. I've been a fan of his for a little bit yeah. now, and I think he has the identity that fits what the Patriots want to be anyway. I think he has the ability to do kind of what the Patriots had been trying to do under Bill Belichick, but yeah. with the touch of the modern offense that makes it work. And uh, so I'm a fan of his. I, don't I know want if, a forward I don't thinker. That's what I want. I want a forward crazy. thinker. I want someone that does crazy shit sometimes. I, that's what I want. And we don't have that right now. And Ben Johnson kind of is that guy. He's he's a little outside the box. He does kind of things a little bit unorthodox sometimes in, in Detroit. And I love that. And that's yeah. that's and he what also, want. He made Jared Goff look really good. And I don't think Jared, I, like Jared Goff is – He's developed him. He's made him look good. And I don't think Mac Jones is going to be that guy. And if it were up to me, Mac Jones wouldn't be in New England next year. But also, depending on how things play out, he might be. And if you're trying to maximize what you can get out of him while you're still looking for who the next guy is, I think Ben Johnson's the type of guy you yeah. want in that role. Now, that said, another offensive coach for him is probably not great for his development, um, which may kind of be shot now. And if I had, if I had it my way, I'm probably trading Mac for anything you can get for him, yep. signing a guy like Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield or Josh Dobbs or insert whatever quarterback suits your fancy that's in yep. that tier. Exactly. And then personally, I'm probably drafting just the best offensive player available regardless of position wherever I pick yep. and picking up a quarterback somewhere on day two. Cause like there's guys who are good enough that you feel like they can compete for a starting job and probably not franchise guys, but you know, you, you, you see if you can make something work and you're probably looking at a pair of bridge quarterbacks there and you're drafting a quarterback the next year anyway, but you never know. Yeah. By the um, way, don't let Jim Harbaugh, thing. don't let Jim Harbaugh anywhere <laughs> near this team. Anywhere near this yeah. team. I'm, I'm, mentioned I'm, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Paul mentioned Eric Bieniemy, and and uh, Bieniemy is an interesting guy too. They ran mm -hmm. a play today that I have I've never seen before, and I thought it was so fascinating. Now it didn't work; they lost five yards on it, so it clearly didn't work. But it was a play that I thought was really cool. Um, that I think has a chance to work at some point. So they ran a fake screen to the right, mm -hmm. and then they ran. What they did is they they had lined up Dotson, I think, in the backfield, and Dotson. Um, ran out to the left so so they they um they went to the right fake to the right came back and and went to throw it to dotson on the far on the outside of the left mm -hmm. but except instead of throwing it to dotson who was on the outside of the left they threw it to a tight end who was blocking and like let go of his block as the ball was being thrown and the tight end caught it and like tried to run up the middle essentially yeah again he got tackled right away because the guy was there. Like, but you could see the whole defense start that, running to the to the outside right. And I'm thinking, dude, if he can, if, if one guy doesn't do his job right, that picks up 10, 15 yards. Easy. Yeah, I thought that was that, such a cool play. Pat, I love you. 
that exact play is the same type of thing Josh McDaniels would do and have all of Patriots Twitter ablaze when the same thing happens. (laughs) My my point is this. My point is this, is that, and I hate, I usually, usually, because the Patriots do it all the time, where you fake the, where you fake the, the, the screen one way and go go the other screen the other way. But the fact that they threw that extra wrinkle in there, I thought was interesting. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the one thing for me where it's like, Yes, I hate the screen. Usually, I hate the screen going back. But I was like, "Ooh, that extra wrinkle when you throw it to like the guy who's inside instead." And it's yeah. it's almost like the shovel pass, right? So maybe maybe instead of that, like he runs towards the middle and you try the shovel pass instead or something like that. But like, I just thought it was an interesting way to do to like yeah. mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, I think in some ways the ideal way to do that too is instead of having the tight end to be there, you have the tight end go out and block for the wide receiver screen and pull the defender and you get a quarterback who can run and you just have to run it up the middle. Um, Which, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen the name thrown around in the chat a couple times here of uh, Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, who's definitely athletic enough to pull that off. He's a guy who I'm going to be watching some tape on to see. Michael Penix is a guy I'll be watching some tape on. JJ McCarthy's name has gotten thrown around in there. I like yeah. J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. My only concern now, and I'll preface this by saying Michigan is my college football team. That's who I root for. With the cheating allegations around Michigan, I'm going to have a wider eyes. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious about looking at any of the Michigan prospects because I don't know exactly how much advanced information they had on the other team. I don't know if what might look like a smart play on tape is actually them just knowing what's coming. So that'll make that a harder evaluation. But I like McCarthy's talent, at least. Right. And I think, you know, depending on where the Patriots pick, I'm not passing on, like, Marvin Harrison Jr. if he's there. But if they pick at five, which I think is where they're set to pick right now as we as we do this show, um, that's a spot where, all right, depending on who's available and if there's a trade opportunity to trade back, I think I'm taking it. Because it's clear this team needs a lot of pieces. And if you can trade back from five to 12, you can still get a really good receiver, I think. Malik Neighbors from LSU is a guy I like a lot. If you just want some speed and a guy who can create explosive plays, that's the name I'm that's that's the name I'm liking right now from the tape I've watched. If you haven't, if you guys couldn't tell, I'm watching the LSU tape with Neighbors <laughs> and Jaden Daniels. That's a lot of that right now. Um, yeah. But you can get a guy like that if you can pick up an extra pick somewhere or something like that. All right, now now you got one other thing to work with, and if you can if you can find a way to take two receivers in the top fifty. Well, I think they need they need that kind of injection of talent right now. You yeah. get the quarterback in the third round. If there's somebody there you like, and if there isn't, you roll with whatever mid level quarterback we talked about earlier yeah. that you want to insert into that. <laughs> I think too, you just you need to be able to run a 21st century offense. You can't have a guy sitting back like Mac Jones who doesn't have the athletic ability to move out of the mm-hmm. pocket. And sometimes, sometimes he does have the athletic ability to move out of the pocket. What he doesn't have is the ability to move out of the pocket and still be a threat to throw the ball. Yeah. Cause once he gets moving, it's just like, please, for the love of God, don't throw the ball. Just don't throw it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. so that becomes an issue for me. I, look, I liked what I saw from Penix. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Like with these offenses and stuff, USC's defense is like one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. So like, so bad. their DC just got fired today. I know. So, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, Penix looked good, but like, I don't know. Is how good is that? Yeah. Is the defense that he played against, and how good is the defense? The rest of the defenses that he's been playing against all year. So it's and he's playing with like three three receivers who are going to get drafted this year too. So right. um, yeah, so and it's like and I'm not. Things. It's hard to I'm know. not. 
I'm not going to have any hard and fast takes on any draft guys too until after the college football season because it's I'm not going to have a hard and like, I'm not going to have a solid opinion on somebody until I've watched two, three, right. four games of their tape. Yeah. Um, and I still say that, I still say it's Shador. I don't think he's coming out this year. We'll see. I, I, mean, I don't know what's know. going on at Colorado. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll see what they do. And uh, I've seen somebody asking. Uh, would we, if, if Harrison was available at five, would you stick with, would you take him and stick with Mac or pick a QB in that hypothetical? And I think I'm going to not answer this question for a second <laughs> because I think the fact that you're asking it kind of highlights one of the issues the Patriots have right now. You need so many players and you only have so many draft picks. Mm-hmm. And if this team is going to be successful within the next two, three years, it's going to be because they're hitting above their weight class with draft picks. It's going to be because they picked a quarterback on day three and he ended up being good, or they picked a tackle on day three and he became a starter right away and was good or things like that. But if that's not happening, that's going to take some time because if you hit on every first rounder, (laughs) then it's still going to take a couple of years of those guys before this offense is at the level it needs to be. I think we'll, we'll see what the investment looks like this offseason because there's a lot of ways you can go with it uh which is going to be our theme here because they're, they're not good so a lot of a lot of ways you can take this a lot of directions and once they pick the direction we'll start to know yeah but i mean well, they, a, i'll yeah. caution this the way i've been phrasing it like texting people is that this boat has a lot of holes in it and you only have so much duct tape to patch them the boat is still going to be underwater a little bit next year and maybe even the year after that because you only get so much duct tape to, to patch the holes. And, right. you know, it's it, we, there's going to have to be an expectation of patience here. Unless they like draft Caleb Williams and he becomes the next right thing or Drake May or whoever next year and he's a hit immediately, yeah, most of the time it's going to be a multi-year process. Yeah, it's just, it's it's, I don't know. There's too many, there's so many holes on this team. And uh, so much of it comes from the fact that they haven't had a good draft in a long time, right? And I think, again, I think it's pretty obvious that you hit on Christian Gonzalez. Hopefully he's back to normal last year, next year. I mean, after his injury, I think he should be. But that's pretty obvious you hit on him, which is great, right? It's pretty obvious that I think you hit on Marcus Jones as at least an athletic player. Now, again, who he is long term, you know, I don't know. Kyle Duggar's a good player. I wouldn't consider him a great player, but he's a good player. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so, you know, but now you're like, all right, well, who are the, you know, and, and this is too long of a conversation to kind of to have right now, but like, who are the the true building blocks are you building around? I don't know. I want, someone asked that earlier. I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know who they are. And so right now you're not, there's, there's so many guys where you're just like, I just don't, I don't know who they absolutely have to keep, right? I feel like they have to keep Christian Barnmore because he did it again today where he was he wasn't as good, but I thought he was disruptive in the middle. Um yeah. he just didn't have a lot of help on the offensive line, yeah. on the defensive line, you know? Yeah. So and, and this is one of the spots when we talk about moving forward and what they're gonna be, two of the guys who I think are pivotal pivotal in that Matt Judon. Jonathan Jones, two yep. veteran guys on the wrong side of 30. I'm pretty sure they're both on the wrong side of 30 entering the last year of their deals next year. And if you think you're going to be good next year, or if you think those are team leaders you want to keep around, they're going to be around. 
if you're looking to build for the future, both of those guys are expendable. And if you're trading Judon to get some draft capital back, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world, you got to look today at what the pass rush looks like without him. And you're yep. going to have to invest in that. And, you know, all these holes, you don't have to fill all of them th- through the draft. You have to fill a lot of them through the draft. But, you know, if you get, uh, what do you call it? If you get the quarterback and you make things work and you got Christian Gonzalez and the offense is working, you can figure out the pass rush later in free agency and trades and all that. But that will be a problem you're going to have to address down the line. And yeah, you're almost playing a game of whack-a-mole with this roster because as you start to fix holes in it, some of the good players are going to be retiring or their contracts are expiring or they're going to be traded. And then that's a hole you have to fill to. Um, I also think just as a culture guy, like I think Judon should stay. Obviously he's a good player. So I want him to stay because he's good, but he's just such a good culture guy. Like, I just feel like that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons I want to keep him around because like he's there at every game. He's cheering on his team on every play. Like he's front and center cheering on the team. Like, the team sucks. He doesn't have to be there, and he is because he's a leader on the team. And like that—that's the guy that I want. That's the guy that I want to be like the leader for my team. You know what I mean? Judon and, and, Judon Judon and Bentley, I think, are both yes. kind of. In Tafai, I don't know if Tafai's a leader, but we're talking linebacker. He has come on recently. He's playing very yes. well with that that punch out he had. Yeah. Um, but I think those are guys, especially if you're trying to keep the culture intact, you probably keep him around. They're also yep. very valuable trade assets. So I don't think there's a wrong answer there, but I do think that's an important question. And it tells right. you how the people in their front office are going to view this thing going forward. Um, I, I'd keep Judon if it was up to me. I got my Judon jersey out there, yeah. which I was rocking today as always. Yeah. Uh, I, so. before we, I know we're going to wrap up soon, but there's the one thing we haven't touched at all on this, and that's the Kayshawn Booty situation. Yeah. And I just wanted to bring it up because... You know, they only had four receivers active today. Belichick's answer made it kind of obvious they view Gasicki as a guy who's in the wide receiver conversations. They think they had five wide receivers. I'm I'm down to give Booty a shot now with how bad Tyquan Thornton was. But Tyquan Thornton's a guy who was a second-round pick a year ago and um, a guy who I think brings some speed to this offense. He isn't good, make that clear. And we, we talked about that earlier. But he brings speed to the offense. Booty was a sixth round pick for a reason. He's Mm -hmm. not that athletic. Mm -hmm. He's had buy-in issues in the past with places he's been. It shouldn't be a shock when he's inactive for camps. He got four targets in his only game and didn't have a single catch in it. Um, And he'll he'll probably get some run here at some point just to see what he is. But Parker is going to come back here at some point. And I don't think that it's mismanagement to not play Booty. I was never that high on Booty as a prospect. I actually would have ruled him off my draft board personally, just based on some of the questions I had about him. Yeah, um, and I'm down. I'm like, I, I, if you if the Patriots want to give him a try, give him a try. But I don't think he's some secret hidden talent that they're refusing to play. I think he's just a different brand of bad receiver who's on their bench, and we'll see what happens with it. But I don't think he's part of your future. Which he certainly might be. And someone someone made the reference to it, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, I wish I could give them credit for it. But someone gave someone gave the reference of Jacoby Myers when he was a rookie. Um, and how he just he couldn't get on the field. And guys kept, yeah. you know, fans were clamoring for him to get on the field and he couldn't get on the field. And it took like four guys getting injured for him to finally get out there. And once he did, they were like, Whoa, this guy's pretty good. 
you know, and and I don't. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Keyshawn Booty. I'm not saying they're going to look at it and say, "Oh my God!" Like, you know, this guy is incredible and he's this and he's that. But like, what they have right now stinks. It just yeah. it stinks. And so, like, you know, it's it's one of those things. It looks like Juan Thornton had one nice play. Matt Jones missed him. He he got open on a fourth down. Who yeah. knows what would happen if he if he catches that ball? He didn't. Because Mac Jones made a bad throw. But it I was think he had one, one other play. I think he had one other play where he got behind the defense, but Mac was pressured and it never and had, had a chance. He also had one where he made a nice catch, I thought, like close to the ground. Yeah. yeah. But and like, it's, you know, it's just when and you he's have not, like he's not good enough consistent. Plays. Yeah. And he's not good enough consistently that you put him out there for the shot plays because he's so bad in the other ones. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens with booty and I'm sure he's going to get run at some point here. I'll be shocked if he never sees the field. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't think he's part of the future there. I don't think most of the guys in the receiver room are, and I like pop Douglas and pops a guy who's, if this is a good offense, I don't think he's more than your wide receiver three. And I like him, but I don't, I think that's kind of where the role you want him in in a modern yeah. NFL offense, maybe a wide receiver too. I'll also mention for Myers. Cause I thought it was funny. You mentioned him as like an undrafted free agent guy, just to, for comparison's sake, I had a draft grade as like a fifth round pick on Jacoby Myers. And I was shocked. He went undrafted. He was one of the few late round guys I watched that year. And I was like, Oh, this guy's obviously like, he's not yeah. going to be an elite player, but he's obviously going to be at least playable. Right. And booty to me was like off the board because of the concern. So I just thought it was funny to compare the two. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a good point. So, um, but yeah, it's not, I don't think it's getting better until next year at this point. So we're just watching to watch. Are you are you doing anything fun for the game next Sunday? Well, morning game? Not really. My parents my parents are going, which is exciting. Uh, they're over in Paris right now, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, but yeah, it's it's um, it is. It's interesting. You know, it's like I, I I'm looking forward to it. I usually play basketball on Sunday morning, so I wasn't able to play today because I had to go to the game. Well, I had to go to the game because I went to the game. Oh no. And then uh, I don't I don't go on Patriots home games because I can't you know what I mean so yeah. um, so I didn't go because of, because of the game and then next weekend it's like I want to be you know so it's 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 tough it's like the balancing act of like I want to 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 go to basketball and I probably will but then I'll have to leave early we play like eight thirty to ten thirty so mm-hmm. um, but I don't know but we'll see so. Yeah. I might, I might get up early. My girlfriend, girlfriend and I were talking about getting up early and doing like a whole French toast in the morning and mimosas and making a whole event out of it, which is fun. Yeah, that the, could be cool. the game is, I don't think the game is going to be that enjoyable, unfortunately. So got to make, got to do something to spice it up and make it fun. Right. Right. Yeah. <sighs> so we'll see. We'll see. It's not a bad idea though. I like that idea. So anyways, all right, let's get the heck Ooh, out of here. Been... Dark Blue Gold says have sausages, sauerkraut, and lots of beer. That's good. Thirty in the morning, Eastern time. That is that's bold, but I don't hate it. I know yeah. you're you're over there on European time. So yeah, yeah. So that's my parents morning. are excited though. They're gonna be. They did a bunch of things. They did. Um, they went down to uh, Normandy yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which I guess was incredible. Um, and so and they've they've been they've been kind of all over the place, which is great. They started in London. They went to Paris. They went down to Normandy for a night. They're going to Paris. They're in Paris again. Um, mm-hmm. They go into the Louvre and the Arc de Triomphe tomorrow, and then they fly to, um, and they fly to uh, what's it called to Munich, and they're going to do some stuff in Munich. I think they're going to see the Cinderella Castle, which is which is in Munich. 
Um, they're going to a concentration camp and then they're taking a train over to Frankfurt. So, so they've had they've had one they've had one heck of a uh, of a trip. And so my dad even said he's like honestly he's like, I don't I don't even care. I, I don't I don't even care about about the game. Like if they win they just, win, but like it doesn't matter. Like this is such just a cool enjoy thing. the vibes. Exactly. That's it. That's it. So. Yeah. Anyways, all right, that's it. That's it for us today. Uh, thanks for coming through. Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys in the in the chat as well. And uh, we'll talk to you Wednesday night, and when we'll preview this game. And I mean, my God, yeah. maybe we'll have some more fun things to talk about then. We'll, we'll try. Maybe, to, maybe, maybe try we'll, to spice it up a little bit. Maybe we can wear like a later hosen or something for Wednesday night. Ooh, that, costume for the German we're not game. Do that, but maybe you know, no. you never know. I don't have any lying around, so. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I don't like those in the arsenal. Yeah. No, nah, I don't think so. That's no, no, Wednesday no. night. <laughs> Me neither. But maybe we'll maybe we'll drink out of the big beer steins. You know, I can't drink beer, but I'll drink something else out of the beer stein. Who knows? Throw so. some water in it. Yeah, I got, I go. got a big beer. It's I got good. some beer mugs. There you go. Throw I some, like it. Throw some water in it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So, all right. Anyways, thanks guys. We appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday night.